again to the FSP, excuse me, to the FSP show. Mr. FSP is having issues with his mic. I don't know what he's going to do. Don't know how he wants to handle this. Um, today, we're supposed to be doing uh, some NCAA tourney as well as some um, Major League Baseball, and uh, hopefully, hello. I'm here, dude. Just on my cell phone now. Okay. So it's gonna work out like that for me. It's it sucks. I really don't like doing it this way. Um, let's talk. You don't do a sound you hear check. Echo? Yeah, uh, I hear the echo. Yeah, I hear an echo. Yeah. Yeah, it's mainly because. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Is my microphone now working? I don't know. <laughs> what are you? Hold what on. are you talking on now? The telephone or your mic? It sounds like I'm doing both. So hold on. No problem. You there? Yeah, I mean, I know what I got my uh, beats plugged in. Now my beats are no longer. Well, it's the microphone from my dad on the laptop. I'm going to suck. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to mute me. No, I can't mute me. It's driving me crazy, Jerry. Okay. Can you hear me? So, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. more than more than one of you, but that's okay. I can I can't uh, do anything about it. We'll do it any way we have to do it, as long as we can do it. Yeah. You know I'm not happy about this. All right, so let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Mr. FSP proudly presents uh, champions of the world, me, the sexy one, Jerry, the uh, geriatric one. Anything but Mr. FSP. Anything but Mr. FSP. That's what you're calling yourself now? Anything. 
anything but Mr. FSP. <laughs> Haters going to hate, balls going to fall, and never always going to fall. I got rid of that echo. Now it's time for me to just bellow. Hello. Oh, oh God. You, you are a legend in your own mind. You know that, right? You, oh, I know. I know, yeah. bro. Yeah, and, and you let everybody on, else. So that's yeah, okay. Dag on right. My microphone okay. stopped working for whatever reason. I don't know what happened uh, to it. That's a good thing. No, the you t- The way you're sounding off now, uh, you need to be muted. <laughs> oh, really? Screw you, really? dude. Really? No, but I got to figure really? out what's up with this microphone. Black Widow. Uh, any- oh, yes. Oh, well, listen. Hey, dude. My wife got so pissed off at the picture I have with uh, the Black Widow when I'm biting my lip. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You you took a picture with her? Or you, I, I thought you took a picture with somebody else with her. That was my soldier who had a picture with her. Then I had a picture with her as well. And I had her close, and I was biting my lip. She was leaning on my shoulder. My wife got upset by it. And I was like, <laughs> bruh. <laughs> <laughs> really? Come on. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. That's Come exactly on. what Stop. I said. Stop. Dude. You got to be kidding me. Come on. Hey, dude, I said the same exact thing. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? It's only a Come picture. On. Yeah. And she's like, Come on. it's embarrassing. This is, you're, you're disrespectful. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What? I'm doing a promo with the Black Widow. Okay, I bite my lip in the, in the picture. It's not like it's some chick that I'm just taking a picture with and I'm biting my lip. Oh, mm-hmm. it's disrespectful. Da 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 da. I'm like, come oh, on, you gotta get out of here. Come on, come on. How long you been married? Fourteen years, dog. Okay. Come on. She's gonna make and, me, and, she gonna make me lose my mind. You and the, uh, you and the uh, um, radio. Uh, basically in the radio business. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. So, come on. You're going to... Come on. You better talk to your girl. You better talk to your girl before she end up in a feeling hurt. Let me ask you something. Did you take pictures with the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders or the Royal Yeah, of course I did. Well, then... And, and what would I didn't you bite my lip. I didn't bite my lip on it. Just that simple gesture caused exactly, all that Exactly, dude. Exactly. Stop. Stop. You can't be that insecure. Can't be that insecure. Come on. Hey, you need to talk to her before she get her feelings hurt. Stop. Stop. Hey, I didn't make. I'm not making this up, dude. Oh, I know you're not. I know you're not. But anyway, (laughs) long story short, long story short, uh, it was a great time for the Black Widow because she took. I bet it was. my my, <laughs> shut up, dude. No, my um. So my soldier, mm-hmm. my soldier, uh, mm-hmm. went on air and was challenging her, and just challenged her. And she said on air four times, "I'm gonna break your balls." Get out of here! I, no, I'm not joking. <laughs> and she even sweet talked him and everything. And then she proceeded. She went to the uh, club, did the trick shots. Right. And then when it was time for her to take challenges out the audience, he was all in the corner. So she went and grabbed him, embarrassed him in front of everybody. 
Hey, DJ Baby J, stop hiding in the corner. <laughs> so she let him break. She let him break, but he mm-hmm. scratched on the break, and he oh, didn't touch God. the board again. He didn't yeah, touch the board, that. not again. Yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> wow. And I got it all on video. And, right? yeah, we're doing a story, so I'm going to post it up on the, on our uh, my um AFN Daegu official Facebook page once we have it done. And, uh, are you, you going to post the video? Yeah. Are, once once are we you, have the story done. Are you able to do that or are you allowed to do that, I should say? Yes, once the story is done. Okay. Okay. So we're going to do that. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. We're here to talk about. We're here to catch up on 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 uh, news, man. So I mean, we, any any, <laughs> any conversation we run is what we run. It, that that's the whole bottom line. Um, you know, come on, man. That is true. They, you just want to hear more about Jeanette Lee. You just want to talk, talk more about no, no, Jeanette I'm, Lee. I'm just, I'm just saying, general man, just be flexible a little bit. Don't don't be uh, all military here. This is this is outside the military, man. So loosen up, sergeant. Come on, man. Hey, hey retiree. That's my hole. <laughs> hey, and, and I'm glad you said that because I was thinking about doing something. And now I'm, I'm going to run it by you live on air, and everybody mm-hmm. in the world's hearing this. Right. So I graduate uh, University of Oklahoma, who's going to win the uh, NCAA basketball tournament because they're the only real team that's left. Um, once I graduate this, this May with my master's, okay. Okay. I was looking at going – into the officer ranks as a therapist. So I would have to, I think I have to get out and then get back in to that program. Really? But I start off as a major. Really? Yes. Scared of you, man. Scared of you. Yeah, they're going to be scared of me. If, if I get eight years in and I start off as a major, I'm going to probably retire a light colonel. Or colonel mm-hmm. And it's going to be. You're going to be like, sir, I'm sorry, sir. Even in retired <laughs> life, I want you to remember that. Wow, wow. Are you seriously thinking about that? Are you talk to somebody about it or this just yeah, this I talk just to a few people about it. No, I yeah. talked to a few people about it. And, and, you know, I was like, is it possible? And they're like, yeah, but um, you have to get out first and then get back in. I'm like, I don't want to do no reserve stuff. And I ain't trying to mess up my 20. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see, but I'm pre- you, you're going to go through it. Uh, you have to find out the whole process before you t- decided to take that leap because um, getting out could be a mistake if they don't let you back in again. So Exactly. I mean, I have a good record, so I know I will get back in. But, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to, you know, jeopardize the 20 or the time that I have in uh, mm-hmm. for an opportunity that may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know the pyramid gets smaller uh, as you go to further to the top. You know. Well, that's why I'm thinking about moving over because I'm almost at the top of the enlisted, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm not one of these people that's saying, "Okay, well, I can stay at this position for the next eight years and retire." Nah, dude, mm-hmm. I I need to move up like every three or four years or so, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to uh, what almost five years in my current rank, and I'm like, dude. I'm one of the best in my field. I have my degree and all this other. 
Uh, yeah, but what, 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 what I'm saying, what I'm saying is this: um, the pyramid gets smaller in the NCO ranks, and it's even even smaller in the officer ranks as the oh, pyramid goes go to the top. I know, I know, but the the retirement a major is way different than retiring as a sergeant first class. So yes, yeah. I mean, I, I I can put up with being a major for eight years, uh, you know, and knowing that when I get out, I'm gonna have almost double the amount in retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's enough of that. Uh, we got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about, uh, but let's run down what's supposed to be going on on the show today. So today, JT and I are supposed to break down our uh, Top, what did I say? Ten, top fifteen, top fifteen uh, uh, players. I'm going to cover third baseman, and JT is going to cover catchers. Uh, catchers. Isn't that what you agreed upon last last week? Absolutely. Or which one? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes, catchers. Okay. Absolutely. So, um, that's on the on the ticket. But the most pressing thing right now is March Madness. And when yeah. I say madness, there's some madness, and that's that's the sound of somebody's brackets that was busted completely with it. Uh. <laughs> well, no, that, that that is the talk of somebody that, believe it or not, hasn't watched one single college game, whether it's being the beginning of the tournament or the college basketball season, not one game. Not I into understand it. not watching one college game until the tournament, but you haven't watched the tournament. Not one I mean, second. Heard about it, haven't watched it. Heard about it, haven't watched it. Plus the fact is I had some um, um, pressing personal um, issues that prevented me really from spending any time and watching any games. And even even worrying about brackets, so. Um, everything so, okay? Uh, everything's okay now. It wasn't uh, earlier in the week, in midweek, but it's okay now. Why don't you text the brother? Well, I, I you know what I did text. Um, and I'm sorry, man. I apologize, but I did t- did text uh, Jeff and Mike because I didn't do a show on Thursday because of the issues. And uh, that's my bad. And no, 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 no. It ain't about doing a show. It's just a. You know, I can always talk to you to help you out or something like that if need be. Yeah. Well, you. I'm getting. I'm sending some information to you now. So. Okay. If, it, if there's you. anything I can do, anything I can do, just let me know. Well, you probably heard it in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I yeah, I, I'll check it out, dude. Um, I don't want to do it right now because then I'm gonna get all into that as opposed to uh, the show. And I don't know if you want that stuff out in the air. No, 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 but, no. Uh, it's, it's all, good. it's all good. No, you don't, you don't have to put it out on the air. I just text you two things that uh, that you that uh, you can just have a, uh, an idea what what was going on. All right. I'm I'm here for you if you need me, bro. No problem. It, it's uh it's uh it's all good. It's all good. 
Okay. If you if you, you are if you're not on your phone, then you can catch the texts on your phone. So. Well, I'm on I'm on the phone, so I'll check it okay. after we finish. Um, just stop standing on the couch. Stop standing on the couch. You know? Oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> no, I'm in the catcher position, trying to catch this trophy that we're going to uh, uh, do a draft for in this league. So I'm in the catcher position right now. So. Well, you know what? You, you, you talk about the catchers because you ain't getting no trophy. You ain't getting nothing in baseball. Um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, in one league I'm in, Mm-hmm. One league I'm in, that crazy 20-team league, we've already crazy had, dude, we've already had, before the draft, we've already had 73 trades. What? Yes. What? 73 what? trades. What? Draft picks, keepers, and everything. And the draft isn't for another two weeks. Are you kidding me? No, I am not. The season starts... When the season start? The season starts. Isn't April it the first week of second? Yeah, yeah, April second or something like that. So you, the draft what? is like the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, or whatever. Are you kidding me? Seventy three trades already? That's crazy. This is the first year in this league. No, 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 no. This league has been going on for a while. It's my first year in the league. Oh, that's what I'm saying. That, is this your first year in the league? Mm-hmm. And it already had seventy three trades. That's and I was insane. a part of like. I've been a part of like five or six or something like that, but that's insane. Uh, yeah, most most leagues don't most leagues don't have seventy three trades in a couple seasons versus versus before the draft. Are you kidding me? Seventy three, yep. unheard of. Yeah, it and last year it was like a hundred and twenty something all year, but uh, people like the wheel and deal, brother. So. Um, but I really want to get back to this NCAA. That's a good thing. Huh? That's a good thing. It is. It is. Someone's always trying to improve their standing and, and stuff like uh-huh. that. Um, good thing. But let me get back to our uh, NCAA since you haven't watched any of it. Um, yeah, talk to me. Let you know. I probably won't watch any of this year, any of this, uh, maybe the final, maybe the final, the final four. But I'm really not into college basketball. Unless um, it's ladies. Well, ladies, yeah. So I have to say that. But I haven't even watched that, man. <laughs> I think UConn's supposed to play uh, today. I forget who they're playing, but I know uh, UConn, which is the women, UConn, is ranked number one in the tournament for, oh, my God, I think it's. Ever. And I can't. Forever. <laughs> forever. Forever as a number one seed. Let me put it that way. They're still undefeated and. And it's just, in my opinion, it's probably just a matter of going through the. I wouldn't say going through the motions, but going from one team to the next to, to gain to gain their uh, next uh, championship. So we have to wait and see. But I don't see any serious challengers out there uh, this year for the uh, UConn women. So anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go go and do your thing with the men's tourney. Okay, not a problem. Uh, well, Michigan State has already been eliminated. Shockingly, they were number two seed. Um, then you had Baylor knocked out. Um, by they, Yale. Yeah, by Yale. Uh, there are a lot of upsets going on in the tournament, whereas teams that you weren't expecting to lose are getting blown out. For instance, 
Hawaii, missing their very best player, knocks out a number four seed, California, who, uh, by the way, is one of the better teams in the country. Um, but Hawaii puts them to rest. Then you uh, Arizona gets slacked by number 14 seed. Uh, it, it's kind of weird how things are going. Um, all the number ones have advanced. I'm picking my alma mater. Well, it'll be my alma mater in a couple of months. Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma, to go to the Final Four and to win it all. Uh, in all my brackets except for one, and I believe I have, uh, was it Notre Dame or Michigan? Well, uh, Michigan State, that bracket is busted. I can tell you that right now. Because uh, I had Michigan State going to the, uh, no, Virginia. I have Virginia winning it all in one of my other brackets. Um, but I had Michigan State going to the Final Four in a lot of those brackets, or at least the Elite Eight in a lot of those brackets. And after the second game of the tourney in the Western Division, a lot, I think they said 99.999% of all brackets were busted on ESPN. That's crazy. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, So I'm thinking to myself, people had their hopes on Baylor. A lot of people had their hopes on uh, Texas, who got beat by, um, I forget, uh, Sam. No, it's not Sam Houston. It's uh, uh, F. Austin. I can't remember what what, what the – it's F-F-A. Oh, man, I can't remember what it is. Stephen Austin? But, yeah, Stephen Austin. Stephen Austin. And a, a lot of people had their uh, hopes dashed when Purdue lost, you know, in double overtime. It's, it's, it's amazing how the entire Pac-12 has been eliminated. Oregon State just eliminated, you know. Nobody is left Pac-12. Nobody at all. After the first round of the tourney. So it's amazing how the selection board who, you know, created the, the, the brackets matched these teams up. Some people said it was, you know, an easy cakewalk for some player. I mean, for some teams, some said, no, it's a, uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be hard. Well, those that said it were hard, it was going to be hard, seemed like they got it right, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these 14 seeds and and so on and so forth are, are tough. Even a 16 seed that got in uh, played hard for the first quarter, then they got blown out afterwards. But the point is that there is no easy out. Not whatsoever. So, uh, again, I'm picking OU or Virginia to walk away with it all. Kansas, I like them. I always love a team that can rebound the ball. But it looks like this year, just like in the NBA, the jump shooter 
is becoming the fad and the best thing because kids are getting more accurate with the jump shot. And there aren't many rebounds to be made. But uh, I like Kansas, but they just can't rebound the ball as well as they've done in the past. North Carolina, I'm not on. Not on them at all. Um, As a matter of fact, I think I have Notre Dame coming out of their division uh, in three of my five brackets. And uh, the reason why is because North Carolina is a helter-skelter team. They're up and down, just like Utah was. I didn't expect Utah to lose. Was it Utah that lost? It, it was It was one of those teams in uh, the Virginia bracket that, other than Michigan State, that I was expecting to win, and they got slacked and put out, uh, you know, in the first round. I'm like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? Um, but this NCAA tournament, it, it's it's not easy at all, bro, not at all. It's It's a combination of these kids are playing way beyond, you know, expectations, and the other teams either just not coming prepared or looking ahead um, to their potentially next opponent. Like Indiana versus Kentucky, that's going to be a very good game. But one of those teams is going to come out of it um, hurt, in my opinion, and I think it's going to be Kentucky because Kentucky has a bunch of great players, but they're not a team. They're not a team. They're okay. Let me ask you something. Um. You, you were saying that some of these teams don't come prepared. Um, I think they do come prepared. It's just the fact is that <clears throat> just like uh, style make fights, um, styles make make uh, win or win or loser. And, and in this day and age, in this day and age of college basketball, any given night you can be beat. Um, and and the, and the, and a matter of fact is there's a lot of good college players out there that are not recognized and it, and on the big stage uh these guys know they have a shot um and I think there's a lot of good coaches out there that don't have a have a name and uh with the attitude of a lot of these players they come out there um and and think that uh us against the world and you say they play out of their mind. They just play um, because of their inspiring um, uh, uh, team, or inspiration from the team, and probably from the coaching staff. So um, that's one of the reasons why I don't I don't play brackets because this I found out last year that, and past years that. It doesn't make a difference. A lot of these kids have the attitude. It doesn't make a difference what the seed is. We come out there and compete, and anybody can be be beat in on any given night because the talent level, and nowadays in college basketball, in my opinion, is spread out so much, and I wouldn't say it's diluted, but it's spread out so much that um, you get these lower-seeded teams against a team that has been playing well all year, and for whatever reason they come out and this lower-seeded team is a little bit more inspired and things go a little bit better for them, and they a, uh, pull off 
in other people's minds, maybe not theirs, an upset. Well, that's the thing. Um, a lot of these, you know, I want to say uh, small school teams, they win their tournament and come in and they're afraid because they have to play a, a Baylor. They got to play a Kentucky. They got to play uh, a Purdue or whoever. And they psych themselves out because they're on such a big stage. Oh, I'm glad that we made it to the tournament, you know. And some teams come in and just say, let's just ball. Let's got nothing to lose. Ball. Yeah, got nothing, nothing to lose. To lose. Hang out there. You know, Texas Tech losing. You know, Tubby Smith has been pretty good, you know, in, in his career as a uh, as a head coach when he was with uh, Kentucky, when he was with, uh, I think he did, Alabama for a minute, and now he's at Texas Tech. And this is the, what, second time he's been one and done in the tourney? You know, but the fact that he knows how to get a team there, and Texas Tech was supposed to be a, a pretty decent team, um, but get eliminated by one of these, like, Albuquerque State or something like that, Alcorn or something. Well, they got eliminated by Butler. And Butler is no slouch going into the tournament, so. That is correct. Butler isn't a slouch, but Butler wasn't supposed to win that game based upon the seeding. And that's the thing. Um, I think the selection committee got it right this time, whereas it was very, very competitive for everybody. Um the games are interesting. You know, you get a team with Purdue and Arkansas Little Rock going to double overtime. Are you kidding me? Purdue, a Big Ten school, going against a small university. Derek Fisher, alma mater, yeah, by the you way. Got, you, got, you, got, you got to think this, that Arkansas Little Rock, if and I could be wrong, uh, is a – uh, three point, probably three point shooting team, um, and a game that uh, Texas Tech uh, may have played. I mean, not Texas Tech, but uh, Purdue may have played, Purdue. which is a big, yeah, which is a Big Ten school, and and most of those Big Ten schools are a grinded type of, uh, grinded out type of defensive minded team, uh, and and I'm just speculating here because like like I said, I haven't watched any of this, but I have I have an idea of these Big Ten, Big 12, and, and what type of conference these, these teams are and what type of um, uh, game they play. Uh, and it probably put with a contrast in style. Texas, Purdue trying to keep up with uh, little uh, Arkansas, a little rock, probably a, like I said, a three-point leading, uh, three team that doesn't play that much defense. And Texas, uh, not Texas, I keep on saying it, Purdue is not the type of team that can score a lot of points. Uh, uh, night in and night out. Um, and even though the game was only a three-point game, because I'm looking at the bracket, and even mm-hmm. though it was a three-point game, a two-point game, I should say, uh, it's unfortunate that Purdue, which was ranked uh, fifth in this tournament versus 12, and I love these, man. Five versus 12, there's always a 12, and there's a few of them this week uh, This uh, week that rose up and popped out a uh, a single seed. Uh, I love that, that those type of stories because uh, you never know um, the bracket that they're in can can uh, 
uh, benefit from them from what what style they play versus the style of the bracket that they're in. So uh, they 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 can have they have a shot. Let me put it that way. They're playing um, who are they playing next? They're playing Iowa State, who barely won. Oh no, they didn't. Iowa State had a comfortable win, um, but they're playing. Iowa State's pretty good, dude. Iowa, they're gonna play. Well, they're going up against Iowa State today, the six o'clock Eastern Standard Time today. So we'll see how much juice they have left in the tank after playing Purdue. Now they play Iowa State. Well, Iowa State's gonna blow them out, uh, in my opinion. Now listen, and and that, this goes back to what I said earlier about how. The college game is going back or mirroring the pro game. You know, Golden State has the Splash Brothers, and the beautiful thing about that is Steph Curry and um, Clay Thompson, they shoot beautiful jump shots, and they make them. Mm-hmm. And college is going back to that. You know, before it was give it to the big man and all other mess, People had to do jump shots. And I'm I'm going back to when you were a kid, Jerry, and we know how old you are, but when you had Bob Cousy and you had all these other kids, you know. Bob, that's, that's, that, well, I hate to say it, but he, he's, yeah, okay, Bob Cousy. Yeah, yeah, see, it is your, your time frame. Don't even go there. It is. <laughs> I can't even yeah, go past that. I can't even, I can't. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. I can't <laughs> even. <laughs> He left me speechless. Because you know I'm right. You know I'm right. <laughs> the point is that that's when people lived below the rim but outside the framework, meaning mm-hmm. um, there were very few that dunked the ball, you know. There were very few that went up strong all the time. You know, basketball has gone to that probably to the big man and let him dunk or let him bounce it off the glass. And now it's going back to the jump shooter and More the big man. Perimeter. It, yeah, perimeter game. And, and mm-hmm. the uh, the big man is going to be able to clean up the boards and get rebounds and, and uh, you know, uh, occasionally score in the paint. They're more defensive big men as opposed to offensive big men. And that's one of the reasons why in my opinion, that your boy, Dwight Howard, is only going to be a good player. Not my boy. You know, how, you know how I feel about Dwight Howard. I, I, I'm not a big Dwight Howard fan at all. At all. Well, my point is the game has gotten to the point where, okay, Dwight Howard isn't a force anymore. No one wants to, to pay for that type of productivity right. or pay right. a lot of money for that type of right. productivity, right? you know, um, mm-hmm. where he's just an offensive threat. I mean, he got defensive player of the year, what, twice? Mm-hmm. But ever since then, that's that's about it. That's about all he has. Um, but this NCAA tournament is going to be a very interesting one. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm glued to it, even though I'm at work. I can't really see it, whatever the case may be, but uh, – I'm I'm getting killed in the first round. Only have like twenty three or twenty four correct answers or, or correct selections because some of my my teams have been broken. But the beautiful thing about it is you only get one point in the first round. 
So I can make it up in the second round and third round and hopefully the fourth round. But we'll see. Um, with that being said, it's time to move on with 50 minutes left of live air. Uh, let's move on to baseball. Uh, very, very good for me. Very, very good for you. Well, Very, very. Very, very. Baseball has been what? very, very good for me. Okay, Sammy Sosa Jr. Uh, I'm going to run down some third basemen. Mm-hmm. Now, again, my third baseman might not be exactly what you, the listener, are into or, or, or believe to be so. But I guarantee you, there are going to be names in here that are productive, and you've got a shot at you know, winning with these players. What is my dog now doing? Oh, my goodness. 2 o'clock in the morning? 3 o'clock in the morning? Yep. yep. Waking up the whole household, 3 o'clock in the morning? Yeah, because that complainer got in the house. Got in the house, but she got in the house. Who say what? That complainer about my picture? Yeah, she wanna run the street. Yeah, let my dog bite her. Yeah, dude. Breaking curfew and whatnot, getting me in trouble. It's all right. We'll talk. Back to the to the matter at hand. So you mean you, your complainers rolling at three o'clock in the morning? Yeah, bro. Oh boy. Mhm. Anyway, let's get back to this. Uh, Good luck with that. <laughs> oh, dude. Oh, don't worry. Somebody gonna get dealt with. Put my picture back up. Me and the Black Widow gonna have some fun. Oh boy! You, 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 oh man! <laughs> oh God! Uh, bombs being dropped in more than one place in, in Korea, huh? <laughs> oh yeah! This one's not going in the water. This ain't going in the water, dog. Somebody gonna have to eat some cake. Anna May gonna have to eat the cake, and I ain't playing. So. Justin Turner <laughs> is my number 15 um, guy at the third base position. Now, this guy's been in the league for seven years. He's 31 years old, and he's pretty decent. Um, he, ha- he maintains a very good average. Um, last year, he, he batted uh, 291, 385 at bats. Most he's had in, in quite some time. It's kind of good as well. Uh, 488, 55 runs scored, 16 home runs, 60 RBIs, and five stolen bases. Now, he's consistent. And I want you to understand that my third baseman, I'm basing them off of their ability to be consistent. Not powerhouses, not not all-around uh, uh, monsters, but their consistency. And Justin Turner is one of those guys that, if you get him, you're going to get a, a 
decent player. He's going to get you average. He's going to get you on-base percentage. You know, um, he's going to get you uh, a decent amount of bats if that's what's scored in your league. And you won't look for him to be the savior of your team, but you'll know that he's not going to hurt your team. Um, He's my number 15. Now, a guy that has multiple positions, and I like getting players that have multiple positions because that helps you when you have to go, um, instead of going to the waiver wire, you can pick a person up, pick a guy up, slot him in at your DH, your utility, outfield, third base, whatever the case may be, and still get productivity uh, and not waste one of those moves. And I'm talking about Trevor uh, Plufry out of the Twins. Now, this guy's 29 years old, six years in the league, streaky but talented player with plenty of home run power. Uh, Plufry must improve his consistency at the dish and improve his plate discipline before he'll be a premier third baseman. Now, here's the deal. He is in a, is in a good position to let's – okay, let me let me put it this way. He's going to get you RBIs. He's going to knock some, some runs in for you. So he bats third for the Twins. So batting third for the Twins has not always been the best thing in the world, but in this case, it's pretty good because the Twins are a hot team. Uh, this guy last year didn't have a good batting average at 244, but he had 86 RBIs and 74 runs scored, 22 home runs, and two stolen bases. But the two things I want you to look at here is 86 RBI, 74 runs scored. He gets on base. Uh, he needs to have more discipline, yes, but He's getting walks. If he is more consistent, he'll get even more walks, and he'll get more opportunities to score runs. So when you look at Trevor's uh, ability to play multiple positions, get on base to score, and knock people in, he's a valuable player, even at a 244 average. But you can find somebody better. Mike Mustekis. I like this kid um, with the Royals. He Moustakis. and, and Mustakis. Okay, whatever. Uh, he and another good player like uh, Kendrick Morales. Kendrick plays first and third, I believe. And Kendrick is a DH guy. Uh, but Mustakis and, and Morales are a good one-two punch for the Royals. So if you get one, you might want to get the other just in case, especially if you have a DH or utility player um, on your team. You just got to be careful when they play the National League that you don't have uh, Kendrick in your lineup because he's not going to get any bats unless they really need him. He's not a strong defensive player. But Mike is 27 years old, five years in the league. Uh, Last year, he had a, a monster year for himself, Two, 284 at the plate, 73 runs, 22 home runs, 82 RBIs, and one stolen base. Again, um, 
he might not have been the big name guy on the Royals team, but none of them were. The pitchers were the big name guys. Um, but Mike, he came on towards the end of the season, and he did very, very good. Um, again, 73 runs, 82 RBI, that's nothing to sneeze at. That means you're getting on base and you're bringing people in. 22 home runs is a big, big thing when it comes to it. I mean, the thing on Mike is Mustakis hits for power and average and plays good defense, and he has shed the bust label uh, that he flirted with over the – excuse me, got a little gas there – over the course of his first four major league seasons. So I believe he's with the Orioles at first and then moved to uh, the Royals. And, you know, he's been a vital part of the Royals. So we'll see what happens. A guy that you're very familiar with that's up there in age now, um, but by baseball standards, he's not that old, but he's been injury-prone over the past couple years. And I'm talking about David Wright. David Wright's my number 12 guy. He's 33 years old, 12 years in the league, though. That's a long time, a lot of wear and tear on your body, right? Um, Last year was not a good year for David. He only went to the plate 152 times, right? He had a lot of surgeries and a lot of time on the DL. Um, So his average isn't going to be that great at 289. It could be in the 300s, um, which he's accustomed to. But over the past couple years, he's been down. Um, Last year, he only had 24 runs scored, 17 RBIs, five home runs, and two stolen bases. Now, he's had a lot of time to recover. A lot of time to recover. Uh, Excuse me. I apologize. With Cespedes in the lineup and a couple of other big bats in the lineup, David Wright should do well this year. He should have a a pretty good bounce-back year. Um, That's why I have him ranked at number 12. Uh, outside of my top ten, but not too far outside. He's a he's a guy that knows how to get a walk. He's a guy that can hit for power, and he knows how to steal bases. It's just a matter of can he do it at 33. I don't know. But I do know this. He's a good bet to have uh, when healthy on your lineup for consistency purposes. Now, this young kid I'm about to talk about, um, he seems to be the rage for some people. I just don't like the team he's on. He's 22 years old, excuse me, 23 years old, two years in the league, and he's on a team that's a, I don't know what they're doing, and Malik Franco. Franco's, a, you know, was a, he was signed in 2010 as a 17-year-old and quickly advanced through the system. He's a high-contact hitter with great hands of plate coverage, an impressive bat speed, a natural ball player with lots of upside. Franco was upset the Phillies kept him in the minors to begin 2015 to limit his service time. So he may have something to prove. Now, here's a deal. The Phillies, I don't know if they're tanking or whatever the case may be, but when they brought this kid up, 
He had 304 plate appearances, batted 280, 45 runs scored, 14 home runs, 50 RBIs, and one stolen base. In 304 plate appearances. Let's say he had another three uh, 200 plate appearances because he's the top of the, the, the lineup type guy. So he's going to get opportunities after opportunities. Just imagine what he could have done in a full season with 200 more at-bats. That's why I have it at number 11. Some people have kept him as their as their keeper because he's a young guy. He's a dynasty-type player. Um, but I don't like the fact that he's on the Phillies. The Phillies have a lot to do in order to become a, a good team again, and he might be the best thing that they have, uh, especially when it comes to fantasy. I'm not a... Uh, let me go out and get a Phillies player type dude. Um, those days are long gone for me. But this is one of the jewels that they have and, and quite possibly could be um, an asset for your fantasy team, even though the Phillies, I think, will lose a lot this year. I think. All right. So let's go to my top ten. Now I'm going with an oldie but a goodie. Matt Carpenter, he's 30 years old, five years in the league. Um, throughout his career, he's batted in the high um, 270s, 280s. 2013 was his best year. We had 626 plate appearances, 318. Had 126 runs scored, 11 RBI and 78, excuse me, 11 home runs and 78 RBIs. Well, last year, he uh, had another good year. Average wasn't as high, but the point is, he scored runs and had a lot of RBI. Last year, 574 plate appearances with a 272 average, 101 runs scored, 28 bombs, 84 RBI, and four stolen bases. Again, he's not a big name guy. But he's consistent. Carpenter is a solid all-around hitter, an emerging power bat with great plate skills and a versatile glove. He broke out with a monster 2015 season, smashing 28 homers and posting a surprising 2.33 ISO and 3.72 with on-base average. He found a home at third base after playing second base and some outfield prior to 2014. This kid is a monster. Uh, I say a kid because he's 30 and I'm about to be 40. But he's a model of consistency. That's the big thing. Number nine is also a model of consistency. And I believe the oldest guy on my uh, list. Yep, he's the oldest guy on my list. And he has the most experience on my list. Adrian Beltre. Why do I have Adrian above Matt Carpenter? Well, the reason why is because Adrian, except for last year, a very high uh, batting average. He normally hits for 300 or better. Last year, just below at 287. Um, But he's 36 years old, 18 years, 18 years in the bigs. Okay? 
and he's not going to get many errors either. He's a gold glove guy, a perennial gold glove guy at third base. Okay? He had a disappointing campaign from a numbers standpoint, but he's a team leader in a potent lineup. Listen, the Rangers, especially with Ian Desmond now going to outfield, I'm scared of their power. That's a team on one corner. Got Adrian Beltre on another corner. You got Ian Desmond in the outfield, Shinho Cho in the outfield, and a few other big bats in your infield. Oh, man. This guy's going to have many, many opportunities to knock some people in. But last year, um, as, as I said, it wasn't his most uh, successful statistical career uh, uh, year, but he did very well by most standards. 83 runs scored. 18 home runs, 83 RBIs, and one stolen base. Again, I'm talking about consistency out of third base. I'm not talking about a whole bunch of power. I'm not talking about a whole bunch of steals. I'm talking about consistency. Okay? Let's go to my number eight guy. 30 years old, eight years in the league. Um, I really think he suffered when his, his manager left. Um, and went to Chicago. I'm talking about Evan Longoria um, with the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Now, sorry, Evan is a um, a model of consistency when he's not injured. Let me put it that way. Uh, Longoria's once powerful bat still has some pop, but his skills are slowly declining. He's still a solid run producer and an excellent fielder, but he isn't the phenom he once was. His walks have declined, and he's not a very efficient base dealer. But with 604 bats, those 604 opportunities provide you, as a fantasy player, great opportunities as well. Last year he batted 270. Um... 74 runs scored, 21 home runs, 73 RBIs, and three stolen bases. Again, he's on the decline in certain areas, but we're talking about consistency here. Consistency. Let's move over to a guy that I had on uh, one of my fantasy teams, and I traded him away uh, because there's potential, but I was looking for better quality players. Uh, and I'm talking about Kyle Seeger of the Mariners. The Mariners have an opportunity to uh, be that comeback team uh, for this year. They're young, they're hungry, and they know how to play ball. Uh, Kyle Seeger, 27 years old, five years in the league, he had a good year last year. Not the best average, but overall, in every category, well, almost every category, he improved. Uh, last year, he hit 266, 85 runs scored, 26 home runs, 74 RBIs, and six stolen bases. So that was the most runs and home runs he's had in his five year career. Uh, his RBIs dipped down a little bit, mainly because, look, Seattle doesn't get on base that much. They, they really don't. Um, and you can't knock people in if they're not on base. But I think that's going to change for him. I think 
that they're going to uh, have opportunities to put Seager in a RBI position a lot this year. Now, a guy that's near and dear to my heart, because I love my team, and this kid, you know, uh, he's full of potential, especially with Bryce Harper uh, in the lineup and stuff. I'm talking about Anthony Reardon. He's 25 years old, three years in the league. Last year, um, he didn't go to the plate as much as he did in 2014. Matter of fact, he went half as much as he did in 2014. Last year, he went to the plate 311 times. Uh, the year before that, 613 times. But the kid can bat. He can bat. So he took a hit because he was injured a lot. But that can play into your advantage this year, guys, fantasy baseball-wise. Let him slip a little bit. Let him slip. Anthony Reardon is one of those guys who will not disappoint you this year. I guarantee you. But just to give you some some stats from last year, um, he, he batted 264. With uh, 43 runs, home runs, 25 RBI, and one stolen base. But prior to that, prior to that, prior to his injury, um, he had 111 runs scored, 21 bombs, 83 RBIs, and 17 stolen bases. And again, he batted 613 times with a 287 uh, batting average. Great opportunity for folks that uh, that uh, want to grab a player but don't want to spend too much on them. Just putting it that way. My number five guy. Now, I'm taking a chance with this one. Jerry might agree, might disagree, I don't know. But I'm taking a chance on this guy at number five only because he changed teams. Talking about Todd Frazier. And with all the drama happening in White Soxville right now with uh, LaRoche retiring because of the issue with his son, um, Todd Frazier might not have the biggest uh, year that I'm predicting. But, again, he's changing teams. More importantly, he's changing leagues. And I'm quite sure Jerry can tell you and any other, you know, Analysts can tell you that when a player, whether it be a, a pitcher or a bat, changes leagues, there are growing pains. More so for a batter because you haven't seen these pitchers before. Pitchers are, you know, somewhat good for the first year because the batters really have not seen them. Frazier gets plate appearances. He's a he's a leadoff type guy. Uh. I apologize. A leadoff to um, middle of the rotation type guy. So that means he's either going to bat cleanup or he's going to bat uh, four or five. Three, four, or five. That's what that's what I mean by that. Three, four, or five. Um, last year, 619 appearances, but his average was kind of bad at 255. 82 runs scored, 35, 35 home runs, 89 RBIs. And 13 stolen bases. Now, last year wasn't an aberration because in 2014, 88 runs scored, 29 home runs, 80 RBIs, and 20 stolen bases. 
with 597 at-bats. It seems as though the more plate appearances he gets, the better he gets. Todd Frazier, ladies and gentlemen, White Sox, my number five guy. Now, again, I tell you this with a grain of salt. He's changed teams. And the White Sox are a little in disarray right now because the clubhouse is at odds with the front office. And we talk about this whole situation. What do you think about uh, this whole deal with the White Sox um, kind of forcing? What do you think? Uh, you broke up, but I think you was asking me about the situation with the uh, <clears throat> um, Adam Lombroche and his um, his son and the uh, general manager Kenny Williams coming down and says he can't have his son at, in the uh, around um, basically anymore. Uh, when I, supposedly they had an arrangement, um, and that arrangement, for all intents and purposes, um, for whatever reason, changed. Uh, and he decided to retire. You know, ah, you're getting paid by an organization to do a job, uh, and situations change at, at, at a job all the time. And he decides, to, I, and I hate to say it like this, but and a lot of people are jumping on his side saying that he took the kid instead of the money, but he, in my opinion, he threw a hissy fit and decided to walk out. So, it is what it is, and then the other guys in the clubhouse uh, decided to, I guess, um, Chris Sale being one of them, blast the front office, especially the general manager who came down over the manager um, and uh, gave Adam LaRoche this, um, this uh, news. Um, but in the bottom line, they're getting paid to do a job, uh, regardless of who is, who's in the clubhouse. And like I said, situations change all the time in the workplace, uh, and that a lot of people, some people, don't agree with. And you could either leave, like Adam LaRoche decided to retire because he felt that's what he needed to do, or you can uh, be disgruntled, press on, and do your job. Some have to do that um, because they're not in a situation as Adam LaRoche's, and some of them. Uh, they have to play. So I can understand um, Adam LaRoche's side, but I also I can understand the team side saying that this is the deal now. Um, things have changed, and this is the way it's going to be now. And uh, you just have to deal with it and move on. You're a professional. you got to deal with it professionally and move on. Well, here's the question, a follow-up question for you, then. What does it say about Robin Ventura as the, you know, the skipper, the manager, whereas the general manager comes down and that's the manager? You're breaking up. I I I, I, can, I I think the gist of what you're saying is that now he overstepped the he overstepped the manager and came down and said this and really left the manager in a. In a, I wouldn't say an awkward position, but he just pushed him, pushed basically pushed him aside and said, "I'm, I'm making this um, decision, and you really you have nothing to do with it. You're a manager. I'm your boss. He's the boss. He's the boss of the Robert Ventura, so he, he has the right to 
dictate certain things that within the organization, and he felt he needed to do this. Let Robin. Let me put it this way: you can take two perspectives. He put, stepped over Robin Ventura um, and, and decided to make this decision, and he left Robin Ventura out of the equation, uh, which can be beneficial to Robin Ventura. Instead of him coming down and saying you can't do this anymore, he uh, uh, the uh, the general manager decided to take the heat, which he figured was going to happen, and, and not let Robin Ventura take the heat and and possibly uh, ruin his relationship with the rest of the players in the locker room. Well, you're breaking up. All that because Chris is with the wind. Unfortunately, you're breaking up. I'm not hearing a word you're saying. Hello? You there? Hello, Victor. Are you there? I'm not feeling you. I can't hear you. Hello, Victor. What are you doing? Hello. Oh, this is real good. I'm not un- hearing a word you're saying. I don't even know if you're talking or not. Just when they, huh? I'm not hearing a word you're saying. You are cutting in and out. Talk to me. I said the White Sox are in a bunch of disarray. Just like mm-hmm. you saw with the Jets, you know the Jets are writing have righted the ship when they got Todd Bowles, but I'm not saying this is Robert Ventura's fault. I think it's it's something just with the organization as a whole. Jerry Reinsdorf, you know Bulls owner, White Sox owner, he has a history of of meddling. He has a history of good players, but then for whatever reason, other than Jordan and Pippen and stuff. Messing it up, and I think there's something to do with the why the White Sox aren't going to do that well. And when I let go of Chris Sale in that trade, Archer, I thought I did the best thing. And after this week's event, I'm sure I did the right thing because I don't think the White Sox are going to do that well this year, based upon uh, the, the way things seem like they are going in that organization. Um. But let's move on to my number four guy, which is Nolan Ariando for the Rockies. Um, this is a young guy, 24 years old, three years in the league. Uh, he has a lot of pop, right? He has a lot of 616 at-bats, the most he's ever had since he's been in the league. Um, his average is very consistent. He's around 287 batting average guy. Uh, his slugging, though, that's where he's getting it. Last year, this guy slugged 575. 97 runs scored, 42 home runs, 130 RBIs, two stolen bases. But increasing his numbers every year. Every year he's improved. This is a kid that I would say, again, is one of those dynasty players that you want to hold on to if you didn't already and say, well, hmm, I can build off of him. 
as a fantasy uh, baseball player, you got to realize when you have diamonds in the rough and when you have just straight-up diamonds. Now, I talked about the Cubbies very briefly when I talked about Joe Madden leaving Tampa Bay to head to the Cubbies. And that's why Evan Longoria's uh, game has declined. Well, in the Cubs organization, one year in the organization, and I believe under Joe Madden is going to be a top three third baseman. Talking about Chris Bryant. He's 24 years old. Last year, excuse me, last year, first time in the bigs, he batted 559 times, average of 275 with 87 runs scored, 26 bombs, 99 RBI, and 13 stolen bases. This kid has A-plus potential. He was the National League Rookie of the Year last year, and he has tools of a top slugger. So that means he's going to get better. He hits bombs. He just does. And his average isn't bad, but it could be better. You know, 13 stolen bases as a rookie, he's got room to grow. So I like him at number three. Number two, um, another guy I really like, but he's been battling injuries as of late. I'm talking about Manny Machado. Uh, Last year, he saw 633 plate appearances um, with a 286 average. And to be honest, I thought that those guys, the Orioles, were going to do better with Adams, uh, with Adam Jones, Manny Machado, uh, Hardy, and a few other, and Chris Davis, I thought that they were going to be very special. Not so much. But last year, Manny had 102 runs scored, 35 RB, uh, excuse me, 35 home runs, 86 RBIs, and 20 stolen bases. Now, I love Manny because Manny can play short and uh, third, but I think they're going to just, for fantasy purposes, slide him at third base. Um, he battled some injuries the year before, 2014, uh, and he only saw 327 plate appearances. But this is his best output in his four-year career. 102 runs, 35 homers, 86 RBIs. The kid's on fire. He's my number two guy. And my number one guy has the best power numbers and the best uh well not the best power numbers. He yeah, I'd say second best power numbers, but overall the best third baseman. Uh I'm talking about Josh Donaldson. Um Josh last year had six hundred and twenty plate appearances, uh two ninety seven average, hundred and twenty two runs scored, forty one uh runs 123 RBIs, and six stolen bases. Now, here's a danger with Josh. Toronto's dismantling. I don't know why. They're just dismantling. I know they got a lot of money and a lot of players, and they got to pay Bautista some money if he's going to stay next year. But Donaldson is the real deal because he also plays outfield. He's one of those guys that can be put in several different positions. So you just know that even though Toronto isn't, you no, know, uh, I don't think they're going to be that good because their bullpen uh, and their pitchers aren't that great this year. 
They're struggling even in, in uh, spring training. But the bats are going to be strong. And Donaldson looks to be in the middle of those. Um, that's my top 15. Hopefully they'll help you out. Again, you have some folks you want to worry about. Got it. But at the same time, uh, I think you've got some quality players there. And two people I didn't mention, and I know Jerry's probably going to mention one of them, uh, but I'm going to mention this guy right here. And I'm talking about Yasmini Thomas, uh, Thomas from the Diamondbacks. And, yes, I'm even going to mention Alex Rodriguez. But Yasmini Thomas is a 2020 guy. He's been in the majors one year, uh, 406 at-bats. He had 40 uh, runs scored, nine home runs, 48 RBIs, and five home bases. He has potential, in my opinion, especially with A.J. Pollock in that lineup, to hit 20 home runs. 20 home runs, in my opinion. And that means he becomes dangerous and somebody to keep an eye out on. Um, Alex Rodriguez is mainly a glorified DH right now. But that suits him because he doesn't have to hurt his body uh, to play defense. And he's going to hit some bombs, even though he's not on the juice anymore. I hope he's not. Um, But he's also going to get RBIs. That's the main thing for A-Rod, especially coming from third base and playing DH. RBIs is what's going to get him through. That's what I got, JT. Your thoughts and then go to your catchers. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm i real high on um, – did you mention Kyle Seeger in this, uh, in this top 15? Yeah, I had Kyle Seager in there. I believe I had Kyle at, let me check my book. I think I had Kyle at number eight or something like that, but give me a second, I'll tell you for sure. Kyle Seager, I had um, number seven. All right, what about Jung, Jung Ho Khan from Pittsburgh? He's a double, double, um, uh, position guy, two two position guy, shortstop and third base. Um, I, I like him. Yeah, I, li- I like him uh, versus. Uh, I think you're number fifteen. Who you had there? Um, I think uh, he would be a better choice, in my opinion, to be uh, number fifteen. When you get down that far, it's a matter of choice anyway uh, on who you w- would have uh, in the uh, on on a bottom half of your fifteen list. I would prefer um, Jung Ho over Matt Carpenter. I think you had Matt Carpenter at number 15, if I'm not mistaken. I had um, the guy from from the Dodgers at number 15, but Matt Carpenter was my number, I want to say number 10. Um, give me a second. Keep calling stuff out after the fact. I had Justin Turner at number 15. Okay. From right. the Dodgers, and I have Matt Carpenter at uh, number ten. Pretty much, pretty much the list, the list you had it was a, a decent list. I can't really quibble about um, a, a few positions here and there. Um, so, you know, the couple guys I I named in there. So um, 
that I would rather have in, in the top 15 versus who you had, but it is what it is. Well, let's go to your catchers. You really want me to go to my catchers? Okay. Let's start at number 15. Uh, this guy, I really like this guy. I, I picked him up a uh, uh, couple times the last time I played fantasy baseball. Uh, he got hurt um, in the uh, after uh, approximately, uh, I wouldn't say halfway through the season, but he got hurt um, about a month into the season or so. Uh, and uh, he had a... Uh, before he got hurt, he had a, a 600 um, OPS with just one homer and two RBIs. Um, after he, uh, let me let me back up. When he first started the season, he had a 600 OPS with just one homer and two RBIs. Um, then he went went uh, a 72 game stretch where he had a 944 OPS with 1400 uh, 14 homers, dingers. And 42 RBIs, and he looked like one of the best players to break out from last year. Um, and then he suffered a soldier injury, and in all intents and purposes, in the middle of August, um, really ended his career because it, it – not career, but it really ended his season because he, he even though he played 26 more games, he probably shouldn't have had, had done so because he wasn't the same player. I expect him to do a lot more uh, for the Dodgers this year. Uh, as a young player, uh, I see him um, probably having a, a, a close to 400 of bats um, because I, he, he, he's uh, he's not an everyday player, and he's a two-position player. He also plays first base. So at catcher position, I, I see him playing about close to 400 games um, and having a uh, – 766 OPS. His slugging percentage is really not that high. 415. I have him down there. I know he's that's 414, which is not a good slugging percentage. His on base percentage is like in the mid 350s, and uh, he only bats 240. Um, he does have a tendency to strike out too much in a couple of your third basemen, especially on on the um, on the uh, uh, um, Chicago Cubs. Which is one of the worst teams uh, to uh, um, uh, batters that strike out a lot, um, but and he he struck out out of the 391 times that he uh, 350 times he played last year he struck out 92 times which is which is a lot versus the amount of times he was on um, he scored he scored he scored 30, 43 runs but I like this kid to have an even better year than he had last year uh, when healthy. Uh, I think they realize his potential um, either uh, either behind the plate or they have him playing um, more than one position. First base is, is another position he plays. Talking about Yasmani Grandal. Number 14 um, is this guy. He's been with the Yankees. Um, I think this is his second trip with the um, uh, Pittsburgh uh, Pirates. That um, I'm talking about uh, Francisco Cervelli. Last year, his statistics: he had 451 uh, at bats, uh, scored 56 runs. He's not a power hitter. He doesn't hit bombs. And for all intents and purposes, 
the catching position is probably one of the weakest positions in baseball and in fantasy. There's only a really a a select few that are going to be um, um, all stars or close to all star potential. So these numbers will sound, especially in homers and RBIs, may sound minuscule, but we're talking about one of the weakest positions in baseball. So if you can get decent production, especially in average uh, and um, RBIs, um, then then um, that's what you're looking for for a catcher. And uh, uh, Francisco Cervelli is an average, is 295 last year. Uh, he's probably going to hit between 270 and 290, somewhere around that. His on-base percentage is in 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 the uh, middle 700s, which is not bad for a catcher, which is pretty good. Um, you don't don't expect him to knock in a ton of uh, RBIs in the National League. Uh, he had 43 last year. His average is, is in the 40s. So uh, I have him as my number 15. Uh, let's move on to the number 14 guy. Uh, excuse me, number 13 guy. I had Cervelli at number 14. Let me just move on to the number 13 guy who I have is, is uh, uh, Derek Norris. And um, Derek Norris is from the uh, San Diego Padres, which is in a hitters-friendly park in San Diego. And um, last year he had 515 at-bats. 65 runs scored, which is a lot for, in my opinion, for for a catcher. Uh, he had teen, uh, in the teens, his average is in the teens, 14 home runs he had last year, had a decent RBIs in 62. High uh, strikeout rate, 131 he had last year, uh, quite naturally. I'm not even looking at catchers that steal bases because they're catchers. They don't steal bases. He, he a decent average for a catcher is uh, uh, two fifty he had last year. His on uh, on um, his OPS was seven oh nine. On base percentage was three oh five, and his slugging percentage was four oh four. So I, I expect the same type of numbers um, from uh, Derek Norris that we had uh, uh, this past uh, two thousand fifteen season. Um, number uh, 12, guy is out of uh, uh, Cincinnati. Uh, he had health problems last year. I expect him to, to play a lot better this year. I'm talking about um, Devin uh, Morisako. Um, he had a hit, like I said, he had a hip injury last year. He, he was a hell of a player. They didn't want to um, leave this guy. Morisako. They didn't want to leave this guy on the um, disabled list. Um, they prolonged uh, and kept him uh, available basically for his hitting prowess. And uh, uh, even though he only batted uh, 178 last last year, he only had 45 at-bats last year. His, um, uh, his, um, his numbers are very minuscule in 2015. Um, I think he'll get more to what he's capable of doing, which is about uh, um, in, in the mid-teens in home runs, around 15, 16 home runs, uh, probably in the mid-50s uh, in RBIs, probably in the mid-200 
two fifties, two sixty around there in, in, in his uh um batting average. Uh on base percentage and I'm thinking it's gonna be um three thirty, three forty somewhere around there. The slugging percentage is probably in the mid four hundreds and his uh OPS is probably going to be somewhere between uh seven seventy, seven eighty, somewhere around, which is pretty good for uh, uh, a catcher, and uh, I see him probably around 400 a bat, somewhere around there. Decent guy. I think this is one of the guys that you have that that's going to be a power guy. Um, he's going to get you decent home runs. Uh, doesn't strike out that much. Uh, I don't see him striking out that much. Um, if you can get a catcher to strike out less than 100 times, um, then uh, that's he's a pretty good hitter. And I think uh, he, he's going to give you, in the strikeouts, if you you have strikeouts as one of the categories, he's going to give you around 80, 90 strikeouts, somewhere around there, which is which is pretty good compared to uh, some of these catchers that um, are 100 and above. Um, next guy I have is, uh, I really like this guy. Uh, I think he's going to... Uh, so surprise some people uh, and be one of these guys that's going to be a um, close to 20 home runs a year. I, and I think he's going to do that this year. Uh, he's going to give you about 400 bats. He's a catcher. So you, you know they're going to get days off. You can't catch 162 games. You can't have 500 bats. That's not going to happen to a lot of these catchers. Some of them are durable. Wellington Castillo from Arizona is not one of them. Uh, he's going to score about 50 runs, uh, mid-teens in uh, home runs, uh, around 60 RBIs. Um, but he's going to be one of these catchers that are going to strike out over 100 times. Hit about 250, somewhere around there. His uh, OPS is probably going to be in the mid-700s along with his uh, slugging percentage, which is probably going to be uh, 430, 440, somewhere around there. Uh, but I, I have him as my number uh, 11 guy. This, uh, this other guy from uh, the next guy, which starts off my top 10, would be uh, Yanni Gomez. And um, bear with me for a minute here. I'm changing pages here. I see him as a um there he is. Uh another guy that's gonna have um teen home runs. Probably another guy that's gonna hit around fifty RBIs uh and get close to a hundred strikeouts. All these guys for the most part are, are until we till we get to the top five are gonna be their their batting average is gonna be basically the same. Around two fifty, two sixty, somewhere around that. Their OPS is going to be in the 700s. Uh, their slugging percentage is going to be in the 400s. Um, don't get too many. Uh, some of these guys don't get too many um, base on balls. Yanni Gomez from Cleveland is one of these guys um, that is, is going to be um, not being able to get a lot of walks um, and uh, uh, runs. Uh, he's mainly a guy that's going to give give you decent home run um mid teens like I say and um a decent amount of RBIs from the catching position uh like I said around fifty. 
Let's get to number nine is a um, guy that hails out of Baltimore that um, – let me get to him right here. Where is he at? Right there he is. Matt Wieters. Um, this guy, he's one of these guys that does uh, – or can – is capable of having over 400 at-bats. Didn't have that last year. He had a um, – a year that uh, uh, he was dealing with um, elbow issues and, and other, other catcher-related problems. He only had two hundred, about 260 at-bats, 250 at-bats. He only hit eight home runs where he's capable of hitting in the mid-teens. He only had 25 RBIs last year where he's capable of ha- having uh, 50 to 60 RBIs. Um, out of the 250 at-bats, he had 67 strikeouts. If he gets over 400 at-bats, um, I do believe that he's going to strike out over 100 times. Uh, his basic average uh, in the 260s is uh, on, on, uh, OPS in the 700s. Uh, like I've been saying, most of these guys are in the 700. Um, the, elite, the elite guys are going to be above that, and we'll talk about that uh, soon. Uh, his slugging percentage is in the fourth between 420 and 430, somewhere in that in that uh, uh, range. Uh, and his on-base percentage is in the low threes, 300s. So, uh, but he is he is capable of giving you some decent numbers, just like I talked about uh, 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 Yanni Goma, Gomez. Um, and, and I like uh, Matt Wieters uh, to be in my number nine slot. Let's talk about the guy from Oakland who I think is going to uh, have a very good year. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Stephen Voigt, who's been very durable. Uh, Last year he had 45 at-bats. This year I still see him getting over 400 at-bats. He had last year 58 runs scored. I still see him getting close to that 40 to 50 runs scored. He had 18 home runs last year. I still see him doing that this year. Uh, he had 71 RBIs, which is real good for a catcher, and uh, I, I still see him doing that again this year. Uh, he is one of these guys that is. Let me put it this way: he doesn't strike out as as, as um, uh, much, um, and I see him getting in the uh, mid 80s in strikeouts versus what he did last year in, in close to 100 strikeouts. Uh, quite naturally, like I said, these catchers are not base stealers. He has uh, 261 with his uh, batting average last year, and I see him doing something like that this year. And like I said, 700 in OPS is where seven over 700 in the mid 700s, high 700 somewhere around there. I see his uh, OPS slugging percentage. I see him in in the mid 400s. And also with the uh, on-base percentage, I see him between 330 and 340, somewhere around there. Uh, uh, top top 10 guy, I have him at eight, and uh, I think um, my next uh, seven are, are um, solid guys that are, um, especially this guy that I'm talking about, even though he's, he's, he's with my team. I know that a lot of people are going to say, well, just, you're a homer. I think this guy... Um, it's going it, as long as he stays healthy and not 
and these catchers and catchers get nicked up quite a bit. This is a young catcher that can hit his hit his butt off, and I think he's going to to be to to he's ascending, not descending. He's a young guy. He's from the Mets. I'm talking about Travis Denard. I have him as my number seven guy. Last year he only had 239 at bats, scored 31 runs, had 12 homers, 41 RBIs, and he uh, only struck out he only struck out 49 times. Um, if he gets over 400 uh, uh, at bats this year, and that's quite nasty, staying healthy. I see him scoring um, close to 50 runs, um, hitting in the meet in the mid teens in home runs. Um, Batting in about uh, uh, 60 to 70 runs and uh, striking out about 80 times because he's a contact hitter. Um, 261 was it, 268 was his average last year. I see him doing something like that this year. Um, it, he, he had an 825 OPS last year, which is very, which is outstanding. I see him being close to that, maybe not getting to the eight, but being close to that this year in a high 790s. Slugging percentage was uh, last year was 485. I see him getting close to that um, this year. Quite naturally, uh, teams uh, learn more about you and uh, uh, pitchers adjust. But I think he's able to adjust to whatever ever their pitchers are throwing. So I get see him getting his slugging percentage in the, in the, somewhere around that with a 331 on base percentage, somewhere in that 330 to 340 on base percentage. Uh, let's go to one of my favorite guys. Um, I'm going to get to soon, but we're going to go to this guy next, and that's Brian McCann from the New York Yankees. This guy is a uh, – uh, when he's healthy, let me put it this way, he is one of the better of the catching core, a catch, catching core, I should say. He's number six in, in my lineup here. Um he had 465 at bats last year. I see him being durable enough to to do that this year. 62 runs, uh, uh, or excuse me, 68 runs he scored last year with 26 bangers. Um, uh, in that Yan- in that Yankee Stadium, I can see him being consistent enough to match that number from 2015. I think he he had 94 RBIs last yet last year, and I. Can't see why he can't duplicate that last uh, this year. Um, he struck out less than 100 times last year. Um, I can't see why he can't duplicate that this year. Uh, the problem with him is his batting average, which is 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 a extremely low, about in the 230s, um, which is not that uh, good a batting average. Uh, but he he makes it up in RBIs. And uh, hitting hitting um, dingers out of the ballpark. Uh, with, with that being said, his on base percentage is in the low threes, um, and his uh, slugging percentage is in a 440 range, somewhere around that. And his on uh, OPS, I should say, his OPS is um, uh, in the mid 750s. But uh, he is one of these catchers that can knock it out of the park at any time. So uh, that's one of the reasons why I have him um, in my number six position. One of my favorite, this is one of my favorite guys here. I I, I try to pick him up every chance I can get because he he, uh, hits for average. He hits, uh, uh, he hits bombs out of the park. 
and he has a uh, nice RBI um, count uh, year in and year out. I'm talking about uh, from the world champion Kansas City uh, Royals, Salvatore Perez, one of my favorite players in uh, in the catcher position. 530 at bats he he I, I, he had last year. I, I can't see him why he can't do that this year. Uh, 50 to 60 runs, he, he'll score. He'll hit um, between 18 and 22 home, home runs a year, uh, and that equates to about 70 RBIs a year. Uh, he only strike. He, he's a contact hitter. Let me put it that way. Contact hitter. Uh, he's going to strike out about 80 times, um, with that equating to about a 260 to 270 batting average. His on-base percentage is um, not what you want it to be uh, because uh, it's it's in between 300 and 280 in that range. His uh, OPS is uh, in the low 700s, and his slugging percentage is uh, – between 4.30 and 4.20, somewhere around that. But he's a consistent guy that can get uh, RBIs and uh, a decent count of home runs anytime he comes to bat. And he's going to, he, he's a contact hitter for the most part. Uh, let me, let's move on to the next guy who I have at number four. Um, he's played for several teams. Now he's with um, the Bomb Squad. Uh, and, and that's what I named the Toronto Blue Jays because they rely a lot on home runs with Josh Donaldson, uh, um, Jose Batista, and, and Russell Martin falls within that. Uh, last year he had 441 at-bats, um, and um, 76 runs scored and 23 home runs. I see him doing somewhere around that. Uh, um, even though he he strikes out over 100 times. He did that last year, and I see him doing that again this year. Uh, with a 780 OPS and a mid-340 on-base percentage, his slugging percentage is probably going to be in the mid-440, 450, somewhere around that. All right, uh, uh, number three, uh, he's, he's, out of, he's from Milwaukee now, uh, and that would be uh, Jonathan LaCroix. Uh, he had only 300 and something at bats this year, last year. Um, only, he's not a home run guy. He's not an RB guy, uh, and he doesn't strike out that much. He only struck out 64 times last year. If he uh, has more than uh, uh, 370 uh, at bats, I I don't see him striking out more than 80 times. Um, 270, 260 is where his batting average is. His OPS is is uh, between 760 and 740, somewhere around there. Slugging percentage is in a, a low fours. Uh, but he's my number three guy. My number two guy, uh, I really like this guy. He's a dual position guy, and some of these other guys are dual position, but this guy's a dual position for sure. And he's a um, hitting machine, in my opinion. Um, even though his uh, average doesn't, Reflect it. Uh, he's on a team that, like I said, the Chicago Cubs, they strike out a lot. Last year, he only batted 232 times. I'm talking about Kai Schwarzberger. 
Swashburger, whatever you want to call him, from the uh, Chicago Cubs. <clears throat> Outfield and catcher is, is his position. He plays both of them. Uh, he only had, like I said, 232 um, at-bats last year. He scored 52 runs, had 60, 16 home runs, 43 RBIs. Um, he had 36 walks, so he does walk a little bit. Um, but he, he struck out 77 times out of 232. Um, average was only 240, 245, 246. On base percentage was 355. Slugging percentage was 487. And OPS was an 842. Um, I only see him, this guy, getting better um, as he gets uh, more experience. And I see uh, him being a a a a, a dual threat um, out of the from the outfield or the uh, catcher position. Um, we're talking about catchers here. And my number one guy, who can, who is another dual threat, um, catcher first base, um, and it, he plays first base to relieve him from the catcher duties. Um, talking about Buster Posey. 557 at-bats last year. I see him doing the same thing because uh, um, uh, I see his manager uh, being able to manage his time behind the plate and first base. Um, He had 70-something RBIs last year. I I can see him doing that again this year. Uh, 19 home runs is about his average. RBIs uh, between 80 and 90 RBIs, which is outstanding for a catcher. Um, doesn't strike out. He only struck out out of 557 at bats last year. He only struck out 52 times. That's un, that's unreal, unreal. His, he had an average of 308, 318. His batting average. I can't see him not going below 300 in batting average this year. His on base percentage was in the high threes. Three, 379 was last year. I can't I can't see him not duplicating that this year. Um, his slugging percentage was 470 last year. I can't see him uh, going too much below that uh, this year. And his OPS, 849 last year. I can't see how much further uh, below that he can go. Uh, that's my top 15 in catchers. What's your thoughts, Vic? Well, I like the Buster Posey pick at number one, of course. A little surprise, you got the Cubs catcher at number two. Um, I love you, man. But uh, well, I mean, like, as I said, a little surprised. I, I, I know that he's an outfielder slash catcher, and that's why I'm surprised he's at your number two because he's not going to be able to catch one day and then play outfield the next. That's going to be too much wear and tear on his knees, um, and he's a, he's a fill-in type guy. But um, I, I can agree with what you got. For the most part, I put Matt Waiters up a little higher um, because of what he has to work with. He's got Chris Davis, who just got that big contract. He's got uh, uh, Adam Jones and Manny Machado and a couple other guys to protect him. So I would have had him in my top five. Um, but, you know, it's your your list. Um, uh, what's the old boy's name? I can't even think of it right now. You know, I know Victor Martinez. Not Victor Martinez. It is Victor Martinez. Victor Martinez is more of a DH now, um, but, you know, he still plays the position, and I would have had him in there somewhere. I know he's old, but he can still hit. Well, speaking Uh, of old, 
Well, how come you didn't mention Mr. Yadier Molina? Because I have not thought. Yeah. Well, I, I'm surprised you didn't mention him. Well, because I'm not too fond of Yadier Molina anymore. Um, okay. He's been injury prone the last couple of years, and that catcher. Once you start getting a whole bunch of injuries and not a lot of protection around you, mm-hmm. you be, you're not as valuable. I mean, right. the Cardinals are consistent, but who's their big power bat or two power bats that can help uh, Yardier get good pitches thrown his way? They don't have not right. well, no, yeah, they don't have one right now because Hayward right. Bay just left. Uh, mm-hmm. To go, where did Hayward Bay go? I can't remember where he went. But did anyway, he go to Boston? Uh, I think he, no, he might have because 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 Hanley Ramirez moved to first, so that might be the case. Um, don't know. We'll we'll find out. Oh, you already did outfielders, and you didn't even mention him. So another bullet in my chamber. Anyway, um, I thought it was a good list. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, we're about to end this show. We went overtime uh, quite a bit, but it's all good. Jay-Z, what do you got planned for tomorrow? All right. We're going to talk more about the um, free agency. And uh, next week, about next week's uh, draft that we're going to have on Saturday. Um, Yes. So. In fact, I think that's what I was going to do. I was going to do a mock draft in baseball tomorrow. In fact, that's what I think I said last week, that we're going to do a mock draft. I'm going to try to get as far as I can with a mock draft, 12-team mock draft, uh, standard scoring, and I'm going to use uh, ESPN as my standard scoring. So, um, And we'll go from there. Sounds like a winter chicken dinner, bro. All right, guys. So uh, I want y'all to enjoy yourselves. Enjoy your Easter. Uh, you know, it's it's a time. Well, for us, it's Easter. I'm not sure uh, you guys got a day or so. Um, and uh, remember the reason for the season. And I went to church. Yeah, first day of spring tomorrow. But I went to church uh, last week. And the pastor said something that was, you know, I, I really didn't think about it until he said it. He said that Easter is the biggest holiday of the year, not Christmas, because we celebrate the resurrection because it happened around this time. Uh, the birth of Christ didn't happen on December 25th. Somebody just designated that the day. So, you know. It is a very big holiday, and and, and uh, people should celebrate it. Um, I was wondering why I had Monday off, but now I know why. Because it's Easter. All right, guys. We'll check you out here next week uh, weekend um, where I will be going over my – I did shortstops already, didn't I? No, I didn't. I did second baseman. I'm going to do shortstops. So we, and did the, I thought, I thought we did all the positions already. No, nah, we didn't do all the positions because you didn't do first. I don't remember you doing first anyway. And you didn't do relief pitching. Okay. Well, shoot me what you want me to do. 
And, and um, uh, short, and we'll be done. Okay. Fair enough. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Um, maybe, and if I'm wrong, then I'll let you know, and we'll do something else. Uh, but we are going to do our draft, and uh, we'll find out what's what. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thank you for listening to Fantasy Sports Project. And JT, my prayers for you and yours. I saw what it was, and uh, hope everything's okay. Yep. Thanks, man. Uh, too easy, my boy. We're out of here, guys. Fantasy Sports and Politics. You want to talk back? You in the right place. So take a step back before I get all up in your face. I know you got to live. You know what God's mind. But there's like 50 other dudes holding on the phone line. Your voice over.